This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. A warm Ramadan greeting to all. That's right. It's not Good Friday. We're being a bit more multicultural. Wow. Nikki Zags going spiritual. That's right, baby. Yep. So uh, we're gonna, we've jumped on Friday morning to do a quick recap of last night's game. And then we'll throw back to ourselves who recorded uh, the rest of the show yesterday um but nick in the time between us recording the show yesterday and now friday morning a couple of big news stories have dropped so we'll mention those really quickly right now first of all kevin walters being extended by the broncos until the end of 2025 um i was under the impression that he would just do the job for free without a contract so <laughs> um you know, you know what i heard i heard he's paying he's paying them. them yeah yeah yeah, He's they fought off them a stiff competition for the from of coaching the Broncos. Yeah, fought off stiff competition from nobody to retain <laughs> his services. No, but in all seriousness, he's done a great job this year. I think he's shown that um, you can get results just by deferring to people who you've identified as just sort of being smarter than you or tactically better than you and just sort of keeping the vibes up, which it seems to be, as an outsider, what he's been doing, and they're winning. So can't really question it. It turns out when you let the good players play good, mm. things work out. Throw like the who could, who could have seen that coming? Not I. Not I, sir. Yep. And head coach Adam Reynolds said he's delighted to have his assistant <laughs> back for two more years. Uh, but yeah, no, nah, good on him. Uh, he seems like a nice dude. They're yeah, winning. absolutely. Uh, yeah. All right. And one other quick one. Nico Hines extended till the end of 2029. Six years on top of this one. Long time, eh? Long That's time. a long time. Uh, famously, no long-term deals have ever blown up on anyone in sports. Well, so, well, when when I heard about the length of this deal, my mind immediately Tamalolo. No, it's a Daily Cherry Evans. Oh, okay. Which so he he fine. signed the the nine-year deal or the ten-year deal or whatever it was. And not only is he going to make it to the end of that, it's going to end up looking like Manly got a pretty good deal out of it. Mm. So. I, I guess I guess with Cronulla, it's a little bit of the same thing. When you have a good halfback and you can lock them down at something close to a reasonable price, which and whatever price you put on a on a, on a good halfback play, is kind of up to you. But I think anytime you can lock that sort of thing down, I guess you just have to do it. You know, so we got a lot of we got a lot of two hands coming up in our lives. I think he's slightly older than people realize too. He's twenty six, which I he guess because yeah. he, he he kind not not to the same extent as Cody Walker. But he kind of had a similar arc where he's had some troubles earlier on in his career, um, and then got into that storm system and did really well. And then got the big contract at the Sharks, but yeah. So this deal would you would think take him up to the end of his career? I would you would think so, yeah. But yeah, you, you're right. He is a bit of a later bloomer. Love a late bloomer. I, I I think those guys tend to have long careers anyway yeah well that's the thing right like cody's shown really no signs of slowing down at the moment so yeah absolutely so i'm i'm expecting him to have a bit of longevity about him as well it's just a shame that he can't win games like sean johnson absolutely it is sean johnson's year i don't know if anyone's heard okay let's jump back (laughs) a few hours ago thursday night uh melbourne storm 28 roosters eight they came from six nil down all the way back to win. what a, <laughs> a story come um i think the big moment in the first half campo where that really flipped this game was the sin binning of victor radley i i had no issues with it being a sin bin i thought people were saying it was soft but honestly i think you know after that ball was thrown must have took two two three steps before he was hit so 
I had no issue with it. Did you? So I'm a much bigger fan of Victor Radley than you are. I know he's not one of your guys at all, but um, he's someone whose play I've always really enjoyed. And he's someone who I've stood up for a fair bit when he has had those um, those bad moments where the red mist descends or whatever. I think it's important for him to play close to the edge. And I think when you play close to the edge, occasionally you go over the edge. But to me, this was this was just really sloppy discipline from him. Like he should know that that's he, he, he should like, this was, this wasn't a tackle going wrong. This wasn't him trying to launch him with his shoulder against someone bigger. This was just sloppy, a sloppy, lazy decision that he made defensively. And given the, given what's happened to him over the last couple of years with suspensions and all that sort of thing, these are the sorts of tackles that he can, that he can cut out of his game. It was just, mm. Yeah, I, it, disappointing is the, the wrong word because I'm not a Roosters fan. I don't care if they win or lose. But when it happened, I was like, oh, mate, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know? And you're right. It was the decisive play. Two tries, the game. two tries yeah. in five minutes after he came yeah, off the field. And that's at right. That point, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what's happened in the past two matches, but Xavier Coates seems to be back. He, he was a bit of a punchline there for a while early on in his storm career and the start of this year, but he played really well last week and he's had another great game here. Um, hat trick, uh, just overall pretty good play on that wing. Um, nice to see him playing well crazy. again, isn't it? You yeah. It's crazy. He had three. He probably should have had five. Mm. Like he bombed a couple of tries. As well, well. I, I also don't know if he grounded that last one. No, but anyway. bro, no way did he ground that ball. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, I hate that. I hate that interpretation they've got it, going uh, yeah. with the groundings at the minute, you know, cause I like, and I know it's, it sounds like stupid boomer bullshit, but that last one just didn't look like a try to me. It didn't. No, I agree. You know? And I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that they brought in that rule in an attempt to kind of make things a bit simpler and to be a yeah. bit more lenient giving tries than they used to be. But I think all it's done is, is kind of empower, empower them to make bad decisions. Like that just doesn't look like a try. I, I thought he, yeah. Like, I, thought I don't, I don't it. think there's any downward pressure. I don't think there's no, any control. I, agree. I thought, I thought that was a terrible call, but Coates did get over for the three. I thought he was, he was pretty good, but someone who really stood out to me was Trent Loyero. Mm. Is someone that we sort of like, we didn't give it a to maligned him. figure earlier in the year. Yeah. We were sort of a bit disappointed in what he'd been doing over the first um, <clears throat> two or three weeks. weeks. Yeah. But, was was really good, really good with his with his attack and defensive presence. The pass that he throws for the first yeah, it's almost try. almost Murray esque. How deep really he went nice, into the line, but, and yeah. but like he's not just digging into the line; he's digging into the line off a spread as well. You know, so he's not just it's not just like an orchestrated play; it's off broken play, and then he's producing something like that. So mm. he he uh, he's he played to a level I didn't I honestly didn't think he was capable of. Uh, are the Tigers going to give Nick Meany eight hundred k a year? Maybe they year? should. Maybe they should. He's great. Well, well if you can't get Mitch Moses, get his non-union Melbourne counterpart, Nick Meany. <laughs> he was really good again. And the quick hands he showed for that that try as well, I thought was very nice. He he looks faster this year. Someone yeah, he, said he that was, in the Discord was... last night. But And for that, um, for that, was it the third try? The one where he makes the break on the left and gives it back on the inside to Munster? Was that the third try? Yeah, uh, I know. Looked, I know the try you're talking about. I can't yeah, remember he the exact he looked number it was, he looked but... really fast on that try. It looked like he was shot out of a cannon when he made that break. So well, he he combined really well with Hughes and Munster, mm. I thought, and um, I, I he he did his best Ryan Pappenhausen impression. I thought yeah. that he's been able yeah. to do since he's been filling in for 
for Pat Van Essen, which he's been doing for for a fair while now, you know, and I, he was someone that you mentioned after the South Storm game last week. You said how great impressed you were, yeah, yeah, go, going and seeing him live. So I think as long as Pappenhausen's, as long as there's a question mark over him, which it sounds like there will be for for some time to come, they're going to have to rely a lot on Nick Meaney from a creative perspective and and from a defensive perspective as well. But it looks like he's up to it right now. You know, he's yep. he's a player who I've always thought was quite sharp, um, but I wasn't sure if he could be an every week first grader. And you know, maybe now that Melbourne that Melbourne magic dust is starting to rub off on him totally, and maybe he can be an every week guy. Yep, and an- another another you run a nice things to say about Harry Grant, brilliant again. The way he he he's almost like a quarterback late in these sets sometimes where he drops back and fakes to do two or three different things before he actually makes a decision. You don't see many, if any, other hookers really do the things that he does with sort of his hands and the pump fakes and stuff before he makes a call. Um, but he did that a couple of times in this game that led to led to points as well when he shapes to kick and passes or he shapes to pass and then passes the other way. He's just so crafty and he just has this skill set that even my guy Damian Cook, even guys like Happy Coruscant don't have. Not many, if any. Mm. Yeah, as a, as as our wise man scribe once uh once said to us. But like Harry Grant to me is someone who's playing with total and complete command of his own yep. skills right now. He's always been a good player, but I think he's in the form of his career, and I think he's he's become as important, if not more important, to that Melbourne team than than Cam Munster. Yeah, you know? it's it's almost blasphemous to suggest, but I think you might be right. Yeah, well, I, I think the reason that they how did the Tigers happen, let him go? I know, right? Unbelievable. I think the reason they were able to get over the roosters in the middle of the field wasn't mm-hmm. because they played with a greater muscle, it was because they played with a greater craft. Because I think Harry Grant sort of, you know, thought his way to victory rather than fucking arm wrestled his way to victory, which which is really, really impressive, you know, especially against a team like the roosters. I got to tell you, I was pretty disappointed in the roosters in this one. I felt yep. like the storm really came correct and the storm treated this game with real, real seriousness and, and put in their best performance of the year. And I was expecting something similar from the Roosters. And I just thought they were really sloppy. Thought they were really yeah, sloppy across the board. I think sloppiness personified. But I mean, I think it was summed up late on when Brandon Smith just literally couldn't pick the ball up from dummy half and just just dropped it. But yeah, they were not at the races in this game. Joe Marnie had a couple of nice defensive players. But yeah, they're a different team without James Tedesco. And yeah, they, they, a lot of guys just who have been playing really well this year just sort of Really took a step back in this one. Jackson Paulo, notably, I think, had his most his poorest game of the year, in my opinion. I know he still scored a try. Won't, but... won't lie to you, when he scored that first try, I was up and about. I'll bet you were. I was like, he can do it in Jackson. Yeah, well, and then I was, on the road. That, that's 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 a good that's a good segue because again, Sam Walker throws a nice pass there, but then he tries to do that three or four more times in this game, and they either go behind everyone or go over the sideline. Um, again, he's uh, yeah, he he's a guy who we can see the talent on a lot of the time when he throws those passes and they work, but then sometimes it just doesn't come off. And it seems like a lot of the time when the Roosters lose, it's because the things Sam Walker does well are not coming off. I guess, look, it's hard for me to be objective about Sam Walker because every time he throws one of those passes, every time, every, as soon as it's out of the hands, I think it's going to work. Yeah. I think it's so true. Cool. No, of course. You know, you so... never, never, never stop throwing them, Sam, if you're listening. Sam, I know you're don't, listener. yeah, Sam, don't, don't ever, Sam, I want you to never stop, never stopping. All right. Exactly. That's how you do it. Mm. But yeah, like, yeah, not a great game from him. Uh, I thought Kiri had a couple of nice touches, but again, not great. And yeah, their forward pack just got bullied. They've got, uh, what are they going to do about these edges, man? That this, this, this butcher, butcher combo is, I know they're going to get Tupanua back at some point. I mean, 
Angus Crichton is the big one. It just yep. it remains to be seen how much of a role he's going to play with all the things that have been going on off the field. I know that they said he's been cleared for football activities or whatever, but we'll see what happens when he comes back. Obviously, it's just a massive difference to go from, in my opinion, one of the top, what, three to five best back rowers in the comp to to not having him. And if they don't get him back, I'm not entirely sure they can go all the way. I think he's that good. And just with how they just got gouged on the edges in this game, just completely, just completely flayed on both sides. Yeah. The storm did really well to target them in, in, in those areas. I think they can get away with one of the butchers on the Perhaps, edge. Yeah. I don't think they can get away for a full season with both of them out mm. there. I think, yep. and I think that's why Crichton's return is, is extremely important. Um, and I, I think that'll happen in the next couple of weeks. Um, he's been sort of back at training and back around the club, and all that, which is really, really great to see. But yeah, from a football perspective, I really need him to come back sooner rather than later. And as well, like say, I I, I imagine he'll slot in for Egan Butcher and then Egan Butcher gets back into that middle rotation. So that gives them a little bit more versatility there as well. So yeah. that is that is a big a big piece of the puzzle. And they'll uh, get, the they'll get Tupanua back on the other edge at some point as well, who I don't think is as important as Angus Crichton, but I still think he'll take that starting spot away from Nat Butcher. Roosters fans can't stand. They, they don't know like a lot him. of them that don't. Yeah. Don't really understand why. I've always thought he was a bit of all right. Um, but again, they are watching the team closer than I am. So maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm wrong in all those rooster freaks nah, out there. They hated right. Jake Friend too. They don't know anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the Storm. Uh, yeah, I'd say they're back, but they never really left, did they? Um, they're still good. And uh, look, uh, just looking at that team on paper with, with, with what they had in this game, it... To to be, I know they're at home and they they they're very 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 tough to beat down there. But with a team like that on paper, missing still missing a couple of guys and still with a forward pack that on paper is a little bit underwhelming, just to be able to physically dominate a team like the Roosters and run away and put a big score on them, I think is extremely impressive and really just justifies why never stop believing in the storm is a good way to approach rugby league. Well, they played with a great physicality from one to mm. seventeen. Like normally when we talk about physicality, we're we're talking about the middle forwards, but I thought someone like Justin Olam really helped set the tone from out in the centers. And um, I think you've really nailed it there. It was a really good team performance. I think I think I said last week that their win last week was a triumph of preparation and coaching. And I feel like this one was the same. They were just very, very well prepared for this one. I think it was one of those classic storm games where you watch it and you think, you know what? Every single person on the field knows their job. Every single person on this on, on this team knows exactly what they have to do at any given time. Yep. All right. Uh, we're going to throw back to ourselves. Okay. Uh, okay. Real quick, real quick. So when we do these previews, I make a bit of noise about how Manly might be able to upset Penrith. Yeah. I said that before Josh just got ruled out. That's true. He did. So I would, I would I also, like to retract. I would like to retract those remarks. There are several. Also, Josiah Carapani has been dropped from the Rabbitohs squad since I said Josiah Carapani might be making a debut. God, remember how full of hope we were. Yep. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. A couple of Carapani, Schuster-loving lads. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm excited people hear how much different your voice sounds as well. It'd be great. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you got to go You got to go hard on Holy Thursday, boys. Right. You know what I'm talking about. And, and now i got to go uh, do some stuff before I go to football today. So, uh, everyone, if you're listening, have a happy Easter, and we'll see you next week. And, yeah, uh, throw it back to ourselves in the past. Try! Try! This is a try! Brilliant! Brilliant play! I think it's a try! Oh, I don't know if this is going to be a try! Gee, what about this bloke?
yeah, we're back in. Uh, I feel like we've gone back in time, but uh, yeah. Uh, if you're a new listener, this is our weekly segment uh, where we talk about a guy from the past twenty or so years of rugby league, Canva. So sitting around and naming old footy players is the finest thing a person can do. It's literally my favourite thing to do in the entire world. And after some some snafus, some logistical errors, mm. beloved patron, long time patron, my ding ding dong is hard and I am sad. Still not sure about. I, he, he I'm reckons, still getting used to. Yeah, it. he reckons that it's a line from a song. I we don't played know the, the song. song. We hadn't heard of it. Yeah. But uh, if he wants to call himself that, then that's fine with us. Yeah. Anyway, staunch Broncos man, mm. old uh, old ding dong. And he has come forth and selected a guy who will really take some remembering. Yep. Mitchell Dodds. Yeah, grand final participant. Grand final participant. So Mitchell Dodds, 76 games for the Broncos from 2010 to 2015. And I could not tell you a single thing about any one of those games that he played in. There was never, there's never been a moment where I have sat around and named old guys and thought, what about that time that Mitchell Dodds just like completely wrecked some shit remember when he trucked that guy remember when he did this remember when he scored an unexpected double which he did apparently in some game sometime because he scored three first grade tries two of them in the same match but yeah this is this is really stretching my powers to their absolute limit I enjoyed that someone has gone on his Wikipedia and done a write up of each of his seasons in the league and in both 2010 and 2011 they're two sentences long and the 2010 one ends with Dodds played 23 games during the season and didn't score a try and the 2011 one says Dodds played 13 games during the season and didn't score a Mitchell try Mitchell Dodds played 23 games in 2010 that's what it says that is like, a lot of games it's very very rare that a player will play that many games in that time period and I will just have no opinion or memory of them whatsoever is it possible that Mitchell Dodds Never actually existed. Yes. He's, are we being gaslit or deep faked? By big Dodds. Or ad hominium. Could be. Something like that. Yeah. Apparently he scored a double in a game. Yeah, that's, I've said that before. Seems illegal. It's good to see that you're listening. Yeah. Well, I was too busy reading Mitchell Dodds' Wikipedia page. <laughs> so, um, that was two of his three career tries in one game. 66.6% of his tries came in one, yeah. one sitting. You mentioned that Mitchell Dodds was a grand final participant yeah. in 2015. Um, and this is... I'm about to give all the listeners, a very unique window into my like dementia. So when I'm out running or something like that, and I don't have music on because I do that sometimes, and I'm trying to just sort of tick stuff off mm. to, to make the time go by, you know, so I don't think about how fucking tired I am because I'm so bad at running, and it'll be all sorts of different things. It might be um, like the, the list, of, list of who won the grand final. Yep. And I see how far back I can go. Or it might be... Um, U.S. presidents or Australian prime ministers or something William like that. William Henry Harrison. He died in 30 days. He sure did. Um, and then sometimes when I'm really trying to take my mind off the horrible hell that is running, I um, try and name the grand final teams from every grand final and I go back as far as I can. Yep. And always without fail, I can pretty much do most of the starting 13s. The benches are always really hard and nearly always every team, every time I'm doing it, there's one guy that I forget on the yeah, bench. Yeah, of course. And Mitchell Dodds is that guy ah. for the 2015 Broncos. Like their bench in that game was Cody Nicarima, Jared Wallace, Joe Offhand, Galway. Three guys like who are now fairly well known. Wallace played Origin, Offhand Galway's played yeah, Origin. Still in Nicarima's played a shitload of footy for the Kiwis and then Mitchell Dodds. He very much is in that Wayne Bennett mould of like clearly a great trainer, a good person around the boys, so yep. Wayne loved Nick him. Nick so Emmett. Like, well, Nick Emmett's the classic example, yeah. but like John Green at the Dragons, that's another one. And Ding Dong also nominated Darren Mapp, who 
also probably Darren Matt would also be stretching the limits of my abilities. I, yeah. I, I have one kind of fun Mitchell Dodds yeah, story. So it was in 2015. So it was great. It was grand final week, right? And that grand final week was really exciting from from like a work perspective. I was working at the Telegraph at the time, and it was really exciting because it felt like all of Queensland came to Sydney for the week. You know, I think both teams got into town really early. I think on about the Monday or the Tuesday. And so they were all floating around and all the Queensland journos were here. And because it was two fresher teams for the Sydney media, it was a lot of fresh stories, which is always a lot of fun in grand final week. So you learn a lot about guys that you don't get to cover all the time and stuff like that. And it was really, really hectic because there was a lot of hype for that grand final. First all Queensland grand final and all that. Mm. And I remember very clearly being in the office on a Saturday and getting a story in from someone and it was about Mitchell Dodds. And I showed it to the editor. And he looked me in the eye and he said, Nick, there are no more stories about the grand final. We just need the game to happen. Because a Mitchell Dodds story shouldn't happen. Shouldn't happen. Can't happen. And we didn't let it happen. So that story is gathering dust somewhere in the News Corp archives. Poor, uh, the Dodds clan were fanging for it. I'll bet. <laughs> Mate, the, the, Dodd, the Dodd dudes. Do you want to read it out verbatim right now? Well, I can't remember it. It was eight years ago. Well, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it was something like... He hopes he can come back and play in another grand final for the what Broncos. What a groundbreaking! After that, yeah. what a groundbreaking! Concept. It was it was very much like a fuck. I, we've got grand to fill, final. We got to fill the paper. Game, we got Dodds. <laughs> Dodds wants to win the grand final. Yeah, I, I'm proud of you though because also in his Wikipedia it says that he played against the 08 Raiders in the Toyota Cup grand final, and you didn't mention. I it. didn't. Oh, did he really? That's what it says. Oh no way! I should have known that. Yeah. I should have known that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I should have done better on that one. I don't like to do too much research for no, these ones. I no, like to kind of try and eyeball it as best I can. But uh, um, you, you talk about a rich crop of dudes slash oh, guys. Yeah. That 08 grand yeah. final is That's, right, right up there. That could be a whole episode one day. It re- well, one, one, da- one day we'll, we'll, get, we'll get our editor-at-large, Mitch Doyle, involved. And we will just have a big under twenties yep. love in. It'll be great. Excellent. Um, and so we've also decided that um, for future weeks we're going to announce the next week's guy nominee, as in the person who gets to nominate the guy on the show. So in case they don't check their inboxes uh, on Patreon, still yes. Yep, so. so next week, uh, former guest host, manly preview master, jack of all trades, Joseph Joe Barton. You know his name. You know my, his deep, my, soothing voice. My Qatar stable mate. Your Qatar brother. Yeah. Um, so, batting down the hatch is probably going to be a manly guy because Bardos is a manly freak. But, yeah, get ready for that. So, Joey, start percolating Steve the old knowledge. <laughs> yeah. So, give us one of your best manly dudes, Bardos, and we'll uh, chew the fat about him next week. All right. Let's move on to Good Friday, 4 p.m. Uh, one of my favorite days of the year, a game I... Pretty much never miss um, South Sydney taking on the Bulldogs at Stadium Australia. Uh, Nick, um, I'm very confused because your brother's coming and you're not. And I've never separated the two of you before. You're kind of like uh, like tethered together in my brain. So it's weird that you told me that he's coming to the football and you're not. We're two distinct personalities. I don't understand. But the, funny, the funny thing is, so me and my brother, me and my, one of my younger brothers, we look very different, right? We look, we, you know, we that don't. That is true. We don't really take after each other. But our voices sound the exact same, and we say the exact same things. To we the, both fear technology. We both fear technology as well. To the but we sound so similar to the point where it was a couple of years ago, and I was back at Mars Place where Pup was still living at the time, and we we're having a conversation in the kitchen about footy or something. And his girlfriend came around the corner, and she goes, "I need you two people to shut up because it sounds like one person having a conversation with themselves." <laughs> That's funny. So 
But yeah, pups heading into the game. Be good to have some yeah, some Campton presence there after I was at the Bulldogs game last week. The Bulldogs have not lost a game this year when a Campton has been in the stadium. I might Makes fight. you think. I'm, I might fight him. Makes you think. What do you want to see from Souths in um, this game? Because do- last a week, dominant. Yeah, last week disappointing. We wanted the trail to have the big breakout last week. It didn't quite happen. He ended up getting a bit of a yeah, rocket. I'm not paying taxes anymore after you put the mock on the trail. <laughs> so. He wanted he like Dimitri who put a bit of a rocket up him. He sort yeah. of said in the presser, "I want a little bit more. I want a little bit more Good. intensity." I think um, that ties into what Dimitri said after mm. the game. How the team sort of didn't play with that physicality. I think he's using the trail as a means to challenge the entire side because he knows how much energy the trail provides. But so you're just saying it. You want to win and win well. well I mean, the you dogs to, have so many forwards out. No, we no, we still right. have Jairo not playing, um, and that's obviously a big deal. But Totola back is massive. Yeah, and they've got they've got a couple of guys like Harrison Edwards starting at lock, and then on the bench they got a couple of guys like Jackson Topine, Jaden Tanner. It's like, come on, Seattle should be running over this pack. They should. They should. Well, like. So I, I like Jack, um, Jackson Topine. He's somebody who puts up really good numbers in reserve grade, but mm. I think he is more of an edge forward. And even if you do like him, you know, between him and Tanner and Morin and Edwards, there's just not a lot of size there. And size was already a concern for the Bulldogs in the middle of the field. So I think the best chance for the Dogs in this one is to play with a whole lot of width and to really swing it wide. And with Reynolds coming on and playing in the middle of the field, that's something they should be able to do. He sort of really opened the attack up for them last week. But... I feel like that plays into South Sydney's hands. I feel like they want a shootout to kind of like, you know, get their eye in a little yeah. bit. Do you remember this game last year was awesome? Uh, we to, it wasn't Good Friday, but when they played each other and there was about Oh, yeah, yeah. Ten, we, we went. It was a Sunday night game and we went. And it was one of sick. the low-key, one of the games of the year. The, but, and Just, it was the game Luttrell fended off Josh Adokar and sent him to the shadow realm. Yeah, but And like, the dogs scored like two sick length the of dogs field had, tries as well. The dogs had Declan Casey playing fullback. Yep. And he had an absolute he played blind well. up. They played great. And, and it, it was took, like two, a week or two after he'd had like the all-time Barney in yeah, the rain against the Sharks. Against the Sharks yeah. on debut, yeah. And then South ended up getting them. Trell threw a, a fantastic pass to... Alex Johnson to mm. score right in front of us, and that yep. sort of got him. I think it was like thirty-two twenty-eight. It was a crazy game, or something really good like game. that. So, but I would really like it if um, mind another one of those. Well, I would love another. I'd lo- just, I'd just love a genuine contest I, yeah. because we haven't had like a really good Good Friday game <laughs> probably since like twenty sixteen. The thing I'm worried about is that like even last week, I thought Souths had the better of the middle of the field against Melbourne. Like they fought, they probably won the forward battle. They were, they were getting the better positions at the end of their sets. They were making more meters per set, and they still lost. Um, and so I am sitting here saying Seattle should be steamrolling through the middle and making 50, 60 metres a set every set. And they may well do that, but they kind of almost did that last week and they still lost. So with no Alex Johnson as well, they are looking a little bit thin out wide and maybe I'm just glad that JD's lit that fire under Latrell because they, they have to take advantage of this field position. They didn't do it last week. And if they get into a position where they're just wasting chance after chance again, the dogs could get them. Well, even with Canterbury being so undermanned, I don't think they'll make it easy for South. No. I think the dogs have got a lot of ticker. Yep. I think they got a lot of ticker, and I thought they showed it last week. Um, you know, when Jaden Tanner's hand was all sliced up and Max King's face was all busted and all that. Surprise, both... King's playing. Me too. Yep. Me too. It like, you know, I we're recording this early Thursday, Thursday. morning, so maybe things will have changed by the time you're listening to this. But if, if King if King's out, then then no chance. He's I think I've said it a few times. I think he's the most underrated player in the competition. And coming back and playing through injury the way he did last week was a real measure of his toughness and all that. But um, if, South's, if South's attack clicks together, which we're all waiting for, then I don't think Canterbury are able to go with him. But it's not a fait accompli that that is going to happen. Here's Taylor rolling the ball in. Dominic. 
Coltrane Cup. I got to, I'm, I'm Coltraining the boys. Got to do it. I'm doing it. Got to do it. I think it's an away game. Um, you got to stack up those away ones while and, you can. And, you know, they're, they're handsome favourites. Anytime you can get a team that are handsome favourites in an away game at their home stadium, it's it's usually a pretty good idea. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I'll be doing. Yeah. I assume you're also taking South? I am not. Oh, I'm tipping South. I'm, yeah, not, sorry, I'm, not, I'm, not, cold, I'm not cold training South. Yeah. That, that, that comes later. And again, it's uh, Thursday morning, but a um, uh, little rumour that uh, Josea Carapani could be making a South Sydney debut. So. Where are you thinking that might happen? Potentially in the spot of Crazy Tane Milne on the mm. wing, maybe. Well, we, we teased it. Could it. Be, it could be, a, could be just a bench, bench we, 14. We teased well. it on Monday's show. Crazy Tane versus Josh the Grub Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Punching on. Who you got? Well, Josh Reynolds will never. Josh Reynolds is like some non-giving up school guy, so yeah. like he'll never quit. That's the thing. Milne's, so like, Milne's Milne got could, the Milne's Milne got could, the size yeah. and the weight and probably the power edge, but going to be difficult to to stop Josh Reynolds just like raw intensity. This guy won. Remember, this guy won the train off. Yeah, against John Sutton, known for his work ethic. And <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, do you think? Do you imagine? Imagine Sato in Tane Milne's corner, saying. He trained me out of a Blues jersey, Tane. Who's Josh Reynolds got in and his corner? And I never corner? stopped hurting about Who's that. Who's Josh Reynolds got in his corner? Um, Does it have uh, to be Hodko? No, it's Jacob Kiraz. It's the oh, big okay. Wahash. Bro, you're <laughs> just <laughs> getting into him, bro. I'd love that. Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah. All right. big, big shout out. Big shout out to the big Wahash, Jacob Kiraz. Still just, up there for the Dallium. Just playing fan, fantastic I footy at the moment. The I, got a, I, got a, I, did a, I did a story on him that came out today. And it was oh. he was talking about, about um, how much it means to him to be playing in a good Bulldogs team again. How much it means to him playing on Good Friday. What playing with Josh Reynolds, his childhood hero, means to him. And he was that great. That photo was cool. The it's, one someone tweeted. Yeah, it's really cool. If you um, che- go check it out if you can. It's a photo of Kiraz and Reynolds probably about 10 years ago. Um, and I'll, day or something. I'll post that story on all our social channels as well. Um, uh, I've actually been doing stuff on our like Instagram and Facebook now. So if you don't follow us on those channels, please do. That's we'll right. Be. We're hitting social media we with are. a vengeance, I, boys. I had a sit down with the social sandwich yesterday. Did you pay tribute? Well, I paid money. <laughs> so, in a way, yes. Uh, anyway, so Kiraz was great on all these other topics. And then I asked him, mate, you're playing so well. What do you put it down to? Clamped up. Clamped up. Just doesn't want to talk about himself ever. Just, oh. wants, to, just wants to talk about all the boys. So Love that. He's a good fellow, the big Wahash. All right. Um, just a fun word to say. I know. It means beast in Arabic, if, if people were wondering. Um, all right. Other game on Good Friday. Usually, Cow- Cowboys Broncos was often the, the the nightcap on the Good Friday, but it's Cowboys Dolphins. This Cow- time well, Cowboys Bronx often, when that was the Good Friday game, it was often right in the middle of their incredible rivalry where every yes. game was decided yeah, that by Milford a point. Field goal, twenty sixteen game, and I think amazing. one time there was a great good fr- there was a great Dogs Rabbitohs game into a great Broncos Cowboys game, and it was just like overloaded, like it was too ah, much. Okay. You know, the the punters couldn't couldn't handle it. The chassis couldn't take the revs. You know what I mean? So it was too powerful for us to have. So the government stepped in and demanded that this monopoly was broken up. Giving us the Dolphins instead, which I'm fine with. I think it's okay. Should be good. I mean, the Cowboys have kind of really not been great this year so far, Campo. So they haven't. They haven't. And I'm I'm expecting I'm expecting a real bounce back for them this week. But there's just enough things to make me think that it's not guaranteed. They've got the very short turnaround from Sunday Sunday night. I think they're only going to get the one proper training session in because, um, again, they only got back to Townsville on uh, Monday morning, it would have been. Um, there's no Healem Lukey. He's going to be out for a while. There's no Jordan McLean. He's out 
for a little for a little while, and their creativity and attack just mm. hasn't quite been there. But that might change this week with Scott Drinkwater Drink returning. I said on the Monday show that Todd Payton described him as their most influential player, and I think that's right on the mark. And I'm looking for him yeah. to be the one that sort of connects everything together and breaks the shackles. I don't a think there's bit. again Thursday morning things will change by the time people hear this on Friday, but. I don't think there's any way they keep their bench as it is right now before they make some change. Right? There's no way they're going to go do that with both Jake Granville and Tom Chester on the bench, surely. I'm glad that you brought up the bench because we, like, we don't know what's going to happen. Assuming that that stays 15, 16, 17. as yep. is, that tells me that it's huge minutes for Tal Malolo yes. and huge minutes for Ruben Cotter, who makes his comeback this, this weekend. And I actually don't mind that against the Dolphins, who really got smacked around in the middle of the field last week against the Dragons. And I reckon that at some point, Todd Payton is really going to lean heavily mm. on Cotter and Tal Malolo and, ha- and really rely on them to totally dominate the middle. Because Tal Malolo has been, only been playing about 50 or so minutes this year. Normally, mo- most years, when he's been in his pomp, he's played around 65 minutes. So Payton is kind of easing him into the season. But... I want to see him. I want to see him unleash the King of Tonga. I want. I want a classic Tal Malolo game. It's been a minute since we had one. He's been a bit slower to start the season. I want to see him in classic form, just trampling these little finny bastards. You know. Yeah. Have um. I mean, I haven't been particularly abreast of it, but how, which news outlet was the first one to say Cowboys welcome back Cotter this week? I don't think it happened. <gasps> like I haven't. I haven't been keeping up on the Townsville bully, but. Uh, it's almost too obvious. It's right on. It's right on the nose for them. How has the Townsville bully not been adopted as a nickname by a particularly rugged Cowboys player? I don't know. It's a good like, question. Uh, like, sure, could could Rube Cotter be the Townsville bully? Oh, geez, I don't know. Maybe. It's a good <laughs> Townsville bully is great. I, um, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Let's put that on ice okay. until we find someone that's really suited. Someone to Someone who's it. deserving of yeah. it. Yeah, I, I think game. I think I think Cotter. I think Cotter can wear it, but uh, you don't seem that enthused. No. He's a great player though, but I feel mm. like he's already got so much welcome back Cotter potential. There's, there's other, and Rube is already yeah. Such Rube, a, well, Rube Kud is already a really it's good. Already okay, strong. Uh, that's, that's, that's the main reason. That, that's fair enough. That's um, fair enough. So we're, we're just waiting for the right guy to come along, and then we can anoint him as the Townsville bully. The Dolphins have a halves combination of Isaiah Katawa and Cody Nikarima. I'm not enthralled by that. Yeah, look, neither neither am I. But and. and <laughs> We talked about it last week that injury and suspension were going to bite the Dolphins, but you know what else injury and suspension has done? Brought the Cousins Lee back. Reunited those rowdy Lee boys, Edric and Brenko, playing together for the first time since that 2020 Origin decider victory. the coach that day? The coach that day? Wayne Bennett. You do the math, guys. Yep. You do the math. When you play those rowdy Lee boys together, their powers are double. Oh, I just got an alert. When they're playing in Queensland, their powers are triple. When Wayne Bennett's coaching... Their powers are quintupled. The Dolphins have signed Corey Allen effective immediately. Unbelievable. Yep. For one night only. Just for this game. I'll yep. tell you what. It, like, Sure, Hamiso Tabuai Fidel's done great. Fine. But come on, you've got to play the hot hand. And there is no hand hotter than the worst Queensland team ever. Yep. So there you go. Those Rowdy Lee boys and the cool presence of cool guy Corey. <laughs> cool guy Corey. <laughs> Um, I'm going to take the, the Corey hotline. Is just Corey oh, Allen mate. telling you how much he loves the Lee boys, yeah. <laughs> and how much it's just. Or alternatively, for patrons, it's just uh, I talk about Corey Allen and how much I believed in him <laughs> in twenty in twenty eighteen. Oh well, yeah. So we, we're being funny about this, but I I do wonder if the Dolphins twenty twenty sorry have sort of hit a bit of a valley after yeah, that early yeah. peak. You know, like 
Well, Guys, we, like we, we we both wrote about how they'd be able, how they needed to be able to find something in this game where there was for the first time no, no sort of reason for them to really get up for it. Yeah, and also with them the most injuries and suspensions and stuff that they've had, and they did not do that. And now they've got more injuries and another game they're not expected to win. And yeah, I kind of just feel that they're going to sort of tumble down the ladder a little bit in the coming weeks. Yeah, I'm, so I'm taking the Cowboys in, in this one just because I think they've got a lot more depth and a lot more strike across the field. I think if the Finns were to win, they need like Jesse Bromwich to play some really good footy again. I think he's had a good start to the season, but relying on him to carry you every single week is a pretty is a pretty tall order. But I am expecting a monster from Tommy Gilbert Yep, playing against his former club. Revenge game. Doesn't need a reason to fire up most weeks, but now also. he's got a reason to fire up this week. So. Hammer. Yeah, well, Hammer's been playing great footy, and I thought he was really good. Well, I just meant also revenge. Game. Oh yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm I'm just saying I thought he was really good in a badly mm. beaten side last week. So if they are looking for that spark, if they are looking for a bit of those, a few of those points, I think the Hammer will be the one that can really provide it. Also, a revenge game for Connolly Limuelu, yep. the thinking man's back rower. Um, did any of the Cowboys players play for the Dolphins? Um, in the lower <laughs> grades or whatever, probably. I'm being a dickhead. You, you love doing that, don't you? Yeah. I'm just trying to get moving, bro. Just trying to. Whip up some, in, some enthusiasm for this. Speaking of dickheads, for this Penrith. Yeah, 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 there, there you are. go. There playing, you go. Playing Manly, just the two games on Saturday. Just two games. Um, 5.30 kickoff. Um, I don't know what to make of this because Penrith were fantastic last week. They've been pretty pedestrian up until that point in attack, but they absolutely blew the doors off your beloved Canberra Raiders. And they'll be firm favourites to do likewise again here against Manly. I might be crazy. But I think Manly are a chance. I think they're a chance. So we've said a few times that they're a team that we're finding a little bit hard to, to get a read on. I think they very they've fallen into the habit of playing to the level of their opposition a fair bit. So like if it's a wide open shootout, they're in a wide open shootout. But then if it's a tight, tough encounter, they can't like they find it hard to break the rhythm of a match and sort of play it their way. But I think James Fisher Harris is a really big out for Penrith. I think sort of you take him out. And Liam Martin's out as well. And all of a sudden, that forward pack isn't as imposing, even though I have been really impressed by, by Zach Hoskins on that on that right edge. I, I, I think Manly, with the attacking upside they have, with Schuster returning, with Tom Trebojevic averaging more touches of the ball this year than he ever has in any season before, I, I, I think it's possible. I, I don't hate Manly's chances of, of springing an upset here. Yeah, my, my main issue with Manly is that like, we saw that their attack kind of stalled against South and their defense was pretty poor against Newcastle. And you can't really be that bad on either side of the ball against a team like Penrith, who will punish you and will restrict you from scoring most of the time. Um, and I'm not really sure if the ways they had joy against Newcastle are going to be found again here. They're not going to have the field position that they did. They're not going to be able to sort of have their way through the middle like they did at times against Newcastle. I just think that there'll be a lot of Cherry Evans kicking from his own side of halfway. And when you're doing that, it's kind of hard to create offensive opportunities. Like they, they'd need Turbo to have his best game since the hamstring surgery, If I think, if they're to win this. So I understand what you're saying, right? How their attack wasn't that good against Souths and their defense wasn't that good against the Knights. But their defense was good against Souths. Exactly. So like we like Newcastle. they've they've got they've have had these passages in them where they've been able to yeah. look like a quality attacking team and a quality defensive team. It's just been stringing it all together that's been that's been the trouble, you know? And while Penrith did absolutely blow the doors off the Raiders last week in the second half, in the first half, I actually thought they were quite 
below their best. I think I mentioned on the Monday show, they didn't have a line break in the first half. Um, if Canberra had managed to ice some of their opportunities, they could have scored three or four tries in that first half on their own. So if Penrith don't come up, if Penrith sort of ended this game with a similar slow starting attitude and slow starts have been a bit of a pattern for them this year, well then, you know, all of a sudden Manly are on, Manly are on top a little bit. And when Manly are on top a little bit, it's very, very hard to move them. I agree that like they need a huge one from Turbo mm. and they need a huge one from Schuster as well. But I think they might have that sort of stuff in them. I don't know if I'm going to be brave enough to, to go against it and tip Manly. But I don't see this one being a blowout. I see Manly no. giving them a really good run here. Yeah, I, 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 you, you, you've not convinced me, but you've, I like the way you, you've you've talked about it. You're not um, you're not you're not buying what Nicky Zags is selling. I'm not. But well, you're looking at it. You, I don't know you're, if you're zagging. You're, you're picking you're picking it up at the shop. You're and you're old thinking, Nicky Fence. not bad. Are you zagging or not? Ah, yeah, I got a zag. Don't right. Nicky Zags. Oh, oh, what am I an asshole? Maron. Oh, Maron. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking pen. Yeah. Um. What what else is there in this one? Jason Saab back for Manly. I do think that's someone that Penrith are going to target a little bit mm. um, because I think he really, really got uh, got pushed around a little bit last year with his yardage out of the out of the um, defensive twenty. And if this does turn into a yardage battle, like a I'd, true expect, I'd expect, yeah, I'd expect Penrith to very much go after him. Yep. Um. Are you going to watch this game at seven thirty-five PM? Yes, I always watch the games. The only thing worse than Watching the games would be not watching the games. Well, you got a front up. The Brisbane Broncos are hosting the Canberra, the red hot, undefeated Brisbane Broncos. How have oh, you, you get... called them the red hot Raiders? I would have thrown this microphone at you. That's <laughs> and they're heavy microphones. It would have hurt. Um, how are you feeling? Because like it's a new halves combination. Brad Schneider's back. So Chris still at fullback, which is unfortunate. It's been a big part of why you've lost a couple of games that you may well could have won with an actual fullback back there. But, I mean, elsewhere on the field, I mean, I think the forward pack's as good as it could be right now, given everything that's going on. Wolford starting is nice. Um, I don't know. How are you seeing this? Well, I, I do think this is about the best team that Canberra could put out there. My, apart from Seb Chris at fullback, this is about the best they can do with everyone that's fit at the moment. Um, as you guys probably guessed from the Monday show, I'm in a pretty bad place with Canberra right now. And when things get bad with Canberra, I'm always terrified about how bad they could really get. I'm terrified about how low rock bottom could be just because I've... I just remember what it was like with those Ricky Stewart Parramatta teams and the Cronulla teams and even the East teams. When things get bad for him, they get really, really bad. I don't think they're going to win this game. Okay. Like, I think Brisbane are going to win it. And I think they'll probably win it in pretty devastating fashion too. Like, even at their best, Canberra have not played well against Brisbane at Suncorp. They haven't won a game... They haven't beaten Brisbane at Suncorp since 2010. But they... They did win their last game at Suncorp. They did. Yeah. They did. So. But, you know, so the sort of high-flying, running and gunning Brisbane stuff, that's something I think they'll really they'll really struggle to deal with. But I, I look at this game, and I'm not saying that Canberra's season hinges on it or anything like that. That's insane. You can't have your season hinging on a game you can't win. But I think after last week, if that doesn't shame them into a little bit of valour, then... It's it's almost wrap it up. It's almost wrap well, it up. One and five is not where you want to be. Exactly. So they don't need to win. They don't need to win. I'm not expecting them to win, but I need them to show me something. I need them to show me the the quality that I know is there. I need the I need the big names, the big guys to step up. I need Tarpane and Papali to to lead from the front. I need Corey Horsbury to keep doing what he's been doing in the middle of the field. I I need Jamal Fogarty to to show me something that hasn't really been there so far this season. You know, I I need Canberra to 
to show that last week was was as bad as it's going. Well, the last two weeks are as bad as it's going to get, and they are trying to build something from here. Um, the big inclusion for Canberra, I think he's the only. I think well, Brad Schneider's in for Matt Frawley, but like my number one boy, Jared Croker, is back in the centres as well, and. I think from an emotional standpoint, that'll give them a real boost and a real lift. Um, he's straight back in the team as captain. I think that's a measure of the respect that he's held in by the club and the playing group. Um, I am a little bit scared about what might happen to him out there just because I've, I've only seen bits and pieces of reserve grade. Like no one watches full reserve grade games ever. They're not getting paid for it. And he's been okay at New South Wales Cup level, but I don't think he's been a standout through five games. I he hasn't scored a try. He hasn't sort of had many big attacking moments. He's kind of been running for about 80, 90, 100 metres per game. So nothing nothing crazy. And he's coming up against Katoni Staggs, who is a really explosive player and a real physical bully in the way that he does play. Um, even Croker, and at, in his heyday, struggled dealing with players like Katoni Staggs. Like, even when Croker was a really good player, when he was one of the best centres in the league, he always had trouble with Conrad Harrell because Connie could just run, run right over him. There wasn't anything Croker could do about it. Mm. But... What I really, really want for Croker more than anything else, I just want him to get through this game and I just want things to be okay. I just don't want him to get... I, I know it's, it sounds patronising. I, no, just don't, I get what you mean. I just don't want him to get embarrassed out there because Jared Croker to me isn't just a football player. Like Jared Croker is my number one Raider ever. He's my number one NRL player of my entire life. And he's the last, he's the last link for me to a very different time in my life when I was a kid and, and the Raiders yeah. were literally the most important thing in the world to me. As He's the last to link to that <laughs> era. No, 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 but you, but you know what I'm... Do you understand what I'm saying? I get the rest of it. Like, we're, 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 like now, now, you know, I know we have a joke about it and all that, but I can see I can see stuff with the Raiders pretty objectively and I can be objective yeah, about what's yeah, yeah. going on. I can't be objective about Croker. He's okay, a, he's a link to a different no, part I, I of my get life, co- dude. This is how exactly. I, how yeah, I and felt. I need it to. I need it to be okay. This is exactly I need him to do how all I right. felt when Nathan Merrick got picked for Origin. Yeah, and uh, that didn't go well. Yeah, so, so and hey, it probably won't be that bad, no matter how bad it is. Well, well, I just I just wanted to Will be kick goals? all right. I I presume so. Trick yeah. Question: You're not going to score a try. Oh, that hurts. No, I'm just that kidding. hurts. You might score. A try. So yeah, I just I want to see Canberra show a bit of fight, mm. and I want to see him stand up to Brisbane as best they can for as long as they can, you know? And I yep. want I want them to make Brisbane work for this, you know? I'm still tipping Brisbane. I still think they'll be way too well, good. I'm terrified about what Reese Walsh can do on the edges. I'm horrified about what Payne Haas is going to do when that when he comes on for that second stint when he likes to just rip people's faces off. And I'm telling you, I might have to go into Whit Pro on, on Saturday night because he's the, coming for you. Cause the, the editor at large is going to come and try and light me on fire. But, um, you know... You got to front up for your boys, and that's, that's what I'm true. doing. Um, there's not much to say about Brisbane. They're really good. Team's about the same. That's right. Yep, fantastic. Sunday, Easter Sunday, uh, Gold Coast Titans hosting St George Illawarra on the Gold Coast. Um, I am nonplussed about this. I have no strong feelings one way or the other. I'm a li- I'm a little intrigued. You're a little bit plus. A little. I'm a little bit plus. Okay. There's a, a a hint of plussing in the air. Um, this Titans team actually is kind of fun, and the the lineup they've put out for this game actually looks pretty potent. So, well, I, I know the Titans are not they're not a high profile team or anything like that, but in most of their games this year, they have there has been some fun footy played. Mm. You know, there was the crazy shootout 
against the Storm. Yeah, you know, and even the game, the game against the against the Cowboys, while it might have looked ho hum if you just look at the box score, if you watch the game, they were doing a bunch of crazy shit down the left hand side with Fafita and Khan Pereira and creating chances and bombing them and all sorts of things like that. So. I think Kieran Foran's a really big out for them. Um, I've spoken about him a lot this year, the way he sort of holds up that entire left side for them. But I think Sexton's a pretty capable replacement. Um, so I'm, I, I think the Titans will have points in them. And I think this game comes down to whether the Dragons can sort of find the same attacking spark that they had last week against the Dolphins. Because while they did put on 40 points, I thought a lot of that was due to poor defense from the Dolphins. So I think the Saints need to find a little bit more creativity. I'm excited to see um, Hunt, Namone and Sloan all linked together again. I think Jacob Little starting is a good move. I think the change of scenery has done him a world of good. Um, I like the Titans a little bit more in the middle of the field. I think they can out-muscle the Dragons a little bit. You know, I've sung Blake Laurie's praises a lot this year. I do think he's been really good. I'm loving what Jake Bird, what Jake Bird, what Jack Bird's been giving them from a skill perspective. But I think when you look at the Titans and they've got Tino and they've got Mo Fodawaka, I think they might just be able to out muscle them. So I'm probably leaning the Titans in this one. But I I do think this is a game where the winner might sort of settle themselves as you know the surprise packet team that can you know knock a few guys out on their day. And then the other team sort of slips back into the into the wilderness. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with much of that. Blake Lowe has been good, but I think overall the Titans forward pack should have their number. But I mean, they they do apart from him have probably the better players in each other position. You would think, I guess, is that fair? I don't know. Maybe. Um, you're right. Jacob Little's a weird one. Is it? Are we now at the point where we basically just can't? Make a judgment on anyone at the Tigers until they leave and play somewhere <laughs> well, else. Well, no, Little Little's a special case. So Little was a a very acclaimed junior mm, um, coming up the ranks. Yeah, yeah. He, he played played for New South Wales. I think he played for the Junior Kangaroos and all that. And he was like quicker than quick. He was a super fast. I dummy remember he half. scored like a hundred meter try in a game. Once. Yeah, he can he can he can really run. And he just had a really bad run with a series of really really shocking knee injuries. And I think that robbed him of a lot of his confidence. Um, and then probably didn't help that you know Wests were a bad side and not winning and, and all that sort of deal. But to me with Little, there were always there were always flashes. Like one of them was that length of the field try he scored against the Panthers a couple of years ago. Or whenever they dropped him back to reserve grade to find a bit of confidence, he would just tear that competition to shreds. I think it was clear there was always a player in there. But I think he's just a guy who needed a change of scenery. And sometimes guys just need a change, you know? Luke Brooks, thinking of you, man. But Little's got that change, and it's been really great for him, you know? So a change can be as good as a holiday, can rejuvenate a career, and I think it's rejuvenated Jacob Little's a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I'll take the Titans here, but... I will too. I will too, but I'm expecting a close one. Absolutely. All right. Um, and then the other game on Sunday. I'm kind of keen for this one. The Knights and the Warriors. Sportsbook's got as a coin flip, and... I'm inclined to agree. Both teams that have punched well above their weight this year, both played absolutely banging games on this past weekend. Um, how are you feeling about this? Caelan uh, Pong is up and, and running around again. He's not he's not playing, but that that's good. Yes, it is. Mm. I, I think you're right. These have been two of the real surprise packets through the first five weeks of the season. But I think what the Warriors are doing is just a little bit more sustainable than what the Knights are doing. You know, and I think... If the Warriors get Tohu Harris back, he missed last week. I think he's still troubled a bit by an injury. I think he's going to be a bit of a game-time decision. But if he plays, I'm expecting the Warriors to be able to kind of do whatever they want to do in the middle of the field. And with the way that they're attacking on the edges at the minute, the way that Sean Johnson is just slicing and dicing on both sides of the field. and It's his year. Yeah, well, I don't know if you heard, but yeah. 
It's it's Sean Johnson's. He, I was on the radio in New, in in New Zealand earlier today, and you know what I did? I just went on there and I just kept repeated the same words over and over. It's SJ's year. It's SJ's year. They're saying it from Rotorua to Fakatane, bro. Everyone's saying it. Yep. But yeah, I, I, but you know, I think the, the worry the worry is just have a bit more attacking attacking upside. I think the tries that they're that they've been scoring are a little bit more replicable than the Knights ones. You know, the Knights, of course, have been playing great attacking footy and all that. Thirty two points last weekend, but I don't think the Warriors are going to let Dom Young, you know, go house from inside his own ten. No, you know. So while while I have been really impressed with the Knights, and I think they are a chance in this one because. I think it'll be tough for the Warriors to get up emotionally after the the high of last week. I think that that's one of the best wins in club history. Yeah. It's certainly their best win um, since COVID happened and since they were sort of in that flux for a couple of years. And I know that a lot of guys had to take it easy this week. I think thirteen blokes didn't didn't train in their main session on um, on Wednesday. And yeah, right. backing up away performances has been hard, even when the Warriors have been good in the past. You know, big Sunday crowd up in Newey that'll fire up the Knights. But I do like the Warriors in this one, like just a little bit, just a little bit more. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Knights, but I agree. I, I a, a nice Easter Easter Sunday evening treat for us. Hopefully, yeah. When you when you're so stuffed full of chocolate that you can't move, when you're washing it down with your 14th slice of Easter ham, is that a thing? Do we have Easter ham? I don't think so. We should. We should. Ham shouldn't be a Christmas restricted. Thing. Um, I, I think people eat ham the rest of the year. No, no. But I'm talking like Christmas hams should be regular hams. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any law against you just buying one. The fat cats down at down at Big Ham would try and stop me, wouldn't they? Well, I mean, here's the thing that they don't tell they tried you. Tried to corner the market. Meals and meal times are a social construct. If this you want to have pancakes for dinner, you can. This is the future the Democrats there's want. There's no law against this is what them. happens in Joe Biden's yeah, America, well, bro. I mean, the he's trying to stop us. The cronian efforts. If I, if, I want to have a, if I want to have a ham sandwich at 8.30am, I should be able to do That's that. That's right. my right. That's yeah. my right. Quick shout out for the Knights. Really like Jack Johns's work at Locke mm. last week. Um, we had a bit of a laugh last week about him playing against his brother Cooper and Maddie, you know, t- deciding which one he loves based on who won. And then it was a draw, which means they're both losers. I did enjoy the Simpsons memes. That <laughs> yeah, it's very that good. Both but I liked, I, I thought Jack Johns gave them a really good passing presence in the middle of the field, which is something they've been searching for for a good couple of years now. Connor Watson didn't quite fit there, neither did Kurt Mann. Maybe Jack Johns can be can be that guy. I actually think Kurt Mann's back. This He's weekend, yeah, yeah. So Johns has held um, Johns has held that starting spot, which Big. I think is really deserved. I thought he was quite strong last week. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. Th- I thought, I think that across the board, like all these sort of lesser lights for them have not disgraced. I think Crossland was decent last week as well. Um, Marzu's been. He's massively exceeded their expectations. The two so far, meaty boys out yep. on the left. Smacking meat. Yeah. Uh, see, Crossland's, cro- gamble out Crossland in is another reason I'm sort of leaning towards mm-hmm. the Warriors. I think Crossland is a real trier. But, but Gamble's been good for them. Gamble's been strong for them, yep. yeah. So all of a sudden they're relying very heavily on Hastings and, and Miller. And they have both been really good. But, you know, event, event, like the Warriors just seem to have more weapons to me. And Easter Monday, I'm going to do the classic. I might come down for this one. I'm not sure. But uh, the West Tigers and the Paramount Eels, their traditional uh, Monday, Easter Monday game at Homebush. Um, they won this game last year. I would be pretty surprised if they won it this year. I keep going to Tigers games. I'm going to this one as I'm well. I'm also probably going to go. But yeah. remember what I said to you on Monday. What did we say on Monday? You have to eat the world's hottest chili if you try and talk yourself into That's the right. winning this game. That's right. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Here's Taylor rolling the ball in. on in. He's after it. He might have got it down. Oh, he thinks he did. Oh! Cold train car.
You've done the opposite. I've done the opposite. I've cold trained Parramatta. Good boy. I did cold train Parramatta in this exact game last year. But that was when you, and was that when, wait, I thought you were trying to, didn't you cold train the Sorry, Tigers? sorry, no. You were yeah, trying I, to lose every game. My mistake. I cold trained yeah. West in this game last but year. But you essentially cold trained Parramatta. With the expectation trying, that they would lose because I was game. trying to go over 24. And then Jackson Hastings kicked that field goal from halfway to Parramatta Station mm. and totally. But uh, they don't have Jackson Hastings anymore. They don't. They don't. And I. Th- it's just hard to see West offering anything because they were just so poor against Brisbane and they just have been so poor in just about every single game they've played this year. You know, And I think that's the real tough part. It doesn't feel like they're building towards something. It doesn't feel like a win <laughs> is just around the corner. So it's difficult. it's difficult to see what the positives are, what the upside is, where they could potentially attack Parramatta, especially given Parramatta have been on this run where they've played pretty well, but things just haven't quite worked for them. They've played good sides and they've come up a little bit short. So if Parramatta want to be serious, they have to take games like this and they have to win them. And they have to win them in handsome, devastating fashion. And I think they're going to. I think they're going to. I think they're really going to rip and tear over the carcass of the well, poor the old West Tigers. the interesting thing is, the Tigers got belted last week and they've made one change. It's Brent Naden coming back. Dane Laurie is still in... Well, he's named in the number 22 as of time of recording, so he's probably not going to play. Um, I don't know. How do, you, how do you feel about that? Because on the one hand, I, I get wanting to sort of not, you know, panic and make wholesale changes after a big loss, but at the same time, you, you just... Absolutely disgraced yourself. What 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 changes can they make? That's true. Like um, bringing Dane Laurie back would be a start. That that's the one I don't understand. I don't understand why he's not in the team. Um, and the longer he's not in the team, the more I would worry that West are going to lose him, and that he'll go to another club and be really good. There. Or honestly, put if you don't want to bring Dane Laurie back, put Dewey at fullback and give Brandon Wakeham another go. But I don't know what I mean. You got to do something, man. You can't just sit there. But like so, if you look at look at the forward pack, so there's no one bet there that's better than Clemmer or Coruscant or Utsui Kamanu or Bateman or Papali. You can't drop any of them. That they're, is weird, isn't it? They're the best. They're guys. all good players. That's the point. That's what I'm getting it's at. It's very dude. strange. I, that's that's what I'm getting at. Like they have they have the team to be better than this. Yeah. And even if the back line is skinny and all that, and even if I think um, do, uh, Laurie should be there over Charlie Staines at fullback, they have what they need, and they're just not using it. It's very frustrating if you're a Tigers fan. Of course but, it is. I mean, I can't believe any of them are still going, going to go to this game. I know. Oh, if you're fronting up for this one, you deserve a medal or a hug or something. If I come, I will buy you one beverage of your choice. I won't buy you any because I'll be working. Okay. But um, yeah, I'm obviously going to take the Parramatta Eels. Some things to like about oh, yeah. Parramatta. Sean Lane is back for the oh. Eels, finally, after breaking his face in the preseason. Uh, our large friend, Wirimu Grieg. Starting Started. again in the front yeah. row. I like it. I love it. Wiramu Griggins, love your work. Uh, Sean Russell's in at centre. Wunga Blake dropped. You would think that would so- solidify things for them a little bit because Wunga Blake has had a tough, no Bailey Simonson, a tough start to the season. Oh, no Bailey Simonson, but Hayes Dunster's pretty. No, but I mean, it's just pretty because, like, they're like the two players that Parramatta fans have been agitating to get out of their team for a while. Blake and Simonson, yeah, and now they're both gone. Well, I'm expecting, I'm expecting a real, a real return to form for Parramatta. I, as someone who still thinks they can be a serious team in this competition despite the the less than stellar start I really I want to see them really turn it up with this one I want to see them really hook in and play some of that great footy that we know that we know they can play they've benched Jermaine Hopgood for this one Ryan Madison starting at lock don't actually hate this move 
because I can definitely see Hopgood coming on for Grieg after 20 minutes mm. and then staying on for the entire rest of the match. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about uh, Brad Arthur and his bench and how, you know, should he use his guys more? Is he relying too heavily on his starters? This really splits the difference nicely for mm. me. This means that he's getting real impact from his bench that will be sustained through the entirety of the match. So I know this, I know that we're not a super coach show. I know the super coach freaks went into comas when Hopgood got benched, but they weren't happy. I still think he's going to play around the same amount of minutes. And I think 60 minutes is actually probably a better fit for him than, than playing close to 80. Yeah. And apart from playing the Broncos in a fortnight's time, the, their, their draw in the immediate future is pretty soft after what was a brutal start to the season for them. So you're right. This is a time for them to get time right. Time to get moving. Start, Let's go. Start winning some games. After this, they've got the, the Dogs, then the Broncos, then the Knights, and the Titans, and the Raiders. So, you know, should be able to string a few wins together there if they, if they are a serious contender. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh no, it's Simi Redradra! Redradra's away! Simi Redradra! Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Simi Renrandra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it! Redradra! Alright, bit of news before we get out of here. Um, I'm sure you've all seen this story, but if not, um, the West Tigers have apologised for using stock photos of American troops on their Anzac jersey. Um, when Dome- respecting the troops goes wrong. If you had asked me to bet my life saving, if you come to me and said, Matt, an NRL team, an unnamed NRL team, has accidentally put American troops on their Anzac de- jersey, and I'm going to shoot you with this gun if you don't guess correctly... I would still be alive. Because, <laughs> and I think everybody would because this would not happen to any other team. No, it's um, it's like that bit in The Simpsons where Mr. Burns is, is confronting Grandpa Simpson and he says, <laughs> can, you go can you go 10 seconds without embarrassing yourself? And his then, pants fall down. Yeah, his pants fall down. Flying Hellfish, underrated. Great episode. Uh, yeah, this would only happen to them. It really would. It? Um, I, I, like, I know you've got some pretty strong thoughts on this, but one thought I did have, which was less about... What actually happened? Because that, of course, that is incredibly stupid and disrespectful mm. and embarrassing. But the fact that um, afterwards the club, the club had a media up the day after this sort of broke, and the players were left to kind of answer for it, yeah, rather than any of the officials or the CEO or anything like that. And I thought that was quite poor because you're asking the players to answer for something that they had no part in. Yeah. So I, I think that. I mean, we've never really spoken about this stuff properly on the show before from memory, but like, I feel pretty strongly about Anzac Round in general, and I don't like it in the sense that Anzac Day used to be a a very somber, very reflective day on the calendar where we paid respect to those who sacrificed, gave the ultimate sacrifice in wars in our past. And uh, Vince McGarry wrote something in the Sydney Morning Herald today that actually sort of encapsulates really good read, really good read. I encourage all of you to go and read that, but. um, And we are kind of, I think, lurching towards this sort of Americanized fetishization of the military, which hasn't really been a thing in Australia in in our lifetimes anyway. And when you're going to... Do you remember we went to that Manly Raiders game? They had the last post. It was like five days after Anzac Day. And we were like... It was May. Yeah, I think it was. was, Yeah, it was. And we were like, "What? What is going on?" And it's like when Anzac Day goes from being a day, like a a very important day on the Australian calendar, where we we pay respect to to people who who gave their lives to to defend the country. If it when it goes from that to being a thing that every team needs to be a part of, every team's got to sell an Anzac jersey, every team's got to play the last post before the games, every team's got to have a ceremony. We've got to have 
all the sort of insignia at every game for four or five days straight. That to me is a little bit much. And I think it just cheapens the entire spectacle. And I know that there's people who watch the AFL who feel the same way because they, I mean, they have the Collingwood Essendon game on Anzac Day, much like we have the Roosters uh, Dragons game. And they've gone down the exact same route where they've now got like, I think, I don't know if they have multiple games in Anzac like we do, but they do do the same thing with all the Anzac stuff going for the entire round rather than just one day on the calendar. And, you know, maybe this being so embarrassing and so ham-fisted will actually give people a little bit of pause for reflection on why are we doing this in the first place. But, you know, probably not because as long as a single person buys any of the Anzac Day stuff or sort of they make one cent out of it, I guess it's going to keep happening. Yeah. I think it's important to remember that celebration and commemoration are two different things. Exactly. You know, and I I, I, I agree. I, I don't like the way that, that Anzac Day sort of has become uh, commodified, Yeah, I would, I would almost yeah. say. Um, and I, I, I think it, it is, it is meant to be a somber day, a solemn day. And that doesn't mean that you can't go to the footy and have a great time. And play two up at the pub. Or whatever. And you can still do all, all those means. things, but like you got to, I think you got to hold your horse at some point. You got to remember what the day's actually meant to be about. Yeah. I remember it was, a, there was a year where it fell on a weekend and people were blowing up about it not being a public holiday. And I was like, well, it's not really the point. It's, yeah. It's the, the point is that it's not a holiday it's a date for us to because we're at a point now in in the world where like you know whilst there are still military conflicts going on all over the world it's not the same as it was mm. in during you know world war one or world war two and, and, and a couple of other conflicts after that it, it's not the same thing it really isn't and I, I i don't think we should lose sight of that by in my opinion cheapening these things yeah. by stretching them out over a round well said having a day for it but Anyway, the Tigers have apologised and will apparently be doing a new jersey instead. <laughs> so, if this, as I said, if this ends up with um, if this ends up with like us reflecting on if this is even a good idea in the first place, then the Tigers have stumbled us backwards into doing something good. What so. if the Tigers make further mistakes and end up being like tried at the Hague or something? Is it uh, possible? It's like we tried to make a new Anzac jersey. We accidentally did a walk. Oh run. man! Uh, look, we we tried. <laughs> we were trying to donate to a charity. We accidentally funneled money into the Islamic State. <laughs> oh shit! Don't you hate it when that <laughs> happens? I hate it when that happens oh, to me. Man. Oh, classic Tigers. Am I right? Um, Dean Mariners resigned with the Broncos till twenty twenty seven. So Broncos fans in the know are very very excited about about Dean Mariner, and I think. He's the one who's going to take over that Herbie Farnworth spot when Farnworth goes to the Dolphins next year. Uh, Marinette debuted last season. It might have even have been against the Raiders in the corresponding clash last year. But I thought he was someone who we might have seen a little bit more in first grade this season. But the way that Farnworth and Stags are going, that doesn't seem to be likely, barring injury or anything like that. But people in the know rate him very, very highly. His Q Cup highlights are very good. I can confirm that firsthand at least. So... That's yeah. my that's my Dean, the Dean Mariner. Um, we've had take. a lot more movement in the women's game. Um, oh, so much! The Tigers making their first headline sightings. I've been a Bovetti Welsh fan for a long time now. They're going to build around her as their sort of foundation player, along with a couple of other players. Well, with um, Kezi Apps as yeah, well, and that's something. That, with credit where it's due, I think that's something the Tigers have done really well. They've well, they've of, always been kind of at the forefront of the sort of New South Wales Women's Premiership. Yeah, so. they've been building to this for a good couple of years. Kezi Apps and and Bovetti Welsh have mm. been playing for the Tigers in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership for the last couple of seasons. So this is quite a quite a natural move, you know. And Kezi Apps, co-captain of the Gillaroos in the World Cup last year, one of the highest profile players in the women's game. 
as as good as you can ask for for a, for a foundation signing. Yeah, uh, we won't run through all of them, but you've got a Soliola at the Raiders again. Yes, love that. Mona Lisa Soliola. I think she's Sia's nephew. She played a little bit for the Dragons last year. Really big back roll, but really agile, really light on her feet as well. Like one of those back rollers who's also played a bit of 5'8", despite being like an absolute giant. So I think she's someone who will end up being a, a real a real star of the women's game over the next 12 months or so. The Raiders also got Zahara Tamara, absolute stalwart, played a lot of footy for the Roosters, really smart footballer, played a lot for Queensland, really good get. Um, signing that stood out to me was Brisbane signing Malay Hafanga. Yep. So unless you watched the Women's World Cup last year, you might not know Malay Hafanga because she sort of played uh, rugby in New Zealand, played a little bit for Tonga in um, in the internationals and then was playing, I think, for like the Mount Albert Lions or something like that, just in the domestic New Zealand comp over there. And I hadn't heard of her before she went to the World Cup. And then she was unbelievable. I think she was close to the best player in the entire the entire tournament. She's a center in that Conrad Hurrell mold, just they, blockbuster. They got Gail Broughton from the Eels as well. They got Gail Broughton. They're going to cover. The one that made me – this is this was the first of me going, oh, shit, in the women's game was them getting Romy Tietzel. Yeah, that's really good. Yep. She was locked in to be – I would I assumed to be like the Cowboys sort of number one star signing player. Yeah, you would have thought so. You would have thought so. But I think in between NRLW seasons, Romy Tietzel went back and was playing in the – the, the Brisbane women's comp. The, I'm not I'm not sure the I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But um, so I think that's how she sort of went into it there. But they're going to get Amber Hall back as well. Hall and Halfunga are, are great mates. They've been mates since since childhood. So you put them together on an edge, mm. and then you got I don't know where Tyson's going to play. Maybe in the centres on the yeah. other side, and then Gail Gail Broughton at fullback. It's good stuff. Gail Broughton was so good. For the Gail Broughton's really good. Sick. Yeah. Um, and so the, the Titans time. of Scientalia, Fuimono, Shaley Bent, a couple of others as well. So, yep. just more, more, board. more slam dunks. I, I do. So, we were worried with all these new teams coming in that yeah, we the, were... the talent would get concentrated at one or two clubs. But Seems I think, spreading out a bit yeah, more. one benefit for the heavy player movement is the talent is really spread out across the league, you know. So, that's good to see. So, hopefully, we get a really competitive season when it kicks off in July. We're waiting for the Sharks to sign someone. Well, I'm pretty sure they're getting Maddie Studden. Yep, but outside of that, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're getting Tiana Panettone. Like, there's a there's a, a group of pretty well known players who have been playing Harvey Norman for them. So I'm yep. thinking that they're thinking that they're going to. Well, there's a lot them. of. I mean, it, it is funny when you go on the signing tracker on the NRL website, and it's like gains, losses, resigns are all like very small, and then unsigned is like a paragraph. <laughs> like, so, like the Knights haven't gained or resigned anyone. They've lost three players, and everybody else is unsigned, including people like. Um, like like Johnston and Southwell and the Southwell, so you would assume yeah. would be staying there. So. Still some still some really big names out there to be had. Absolutely. So the, the news is going to keep coming thick and fast. Yep. Um. Uh, any any other any any other analysts caught your eyes in the last couple of days? Um. Well, I'm going to take this opportunity to wrap a story that I wrote. So I had a feature that I published on Tuesday morning about Andrew Webster, the Warriors coach. He's someone that I didn't know a whole lot about heading into the season. So now that the Warriors have done so well. Delved into his background a little bit and uh, found out that he got his start coaching the Connecticut Wildcats. Yes, this was the thing I accidentally revealed on Monday show and then had to delete. We had to, yeah, we had to fix it in post. <laughs> but so yeah, so I ranked Curtis Kunz, who played under Andrew Webster at the Wildcats and just sort of got the skinny on what it was like up Connecticut way back in the glory days. And it yeah. was really fun. So if you like those sort of stuff, that kind of rugby league train spotting gear... Go check it out, abc.net.au slash sports slash rugby league. If you you're don't already, like it, just already, do what I did and stop paying tax. Yeah, I was going to say, you already paid for it, so you might as well go enjoy it. He's right, he's got you there. Yeah, yeah. 
Whether they hate me or they love me, I still got paid. That's right. Well, let's get out of here, I think. Let's. Big, right. Easter, big Easter weekend ahead. Yes, okay. Uh, if, uh, if, you, if you're still here, um, thank you all for listening. And before we get out of here, I will give a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon subscription service. Again, if you'd like to support us financially, you go to patreon.com forward slash rookies. You get access to our Discord server, merchandise discounts, a um, couple of things. And most importantly, Nick, a third show every single the week. question show of a Wednesday. Yeah. And if you're a patron, you can ask me and Bungard whatever you want. And we are honor bound to it's answer true. it. We Unless, have to do it. If we don't do it, you're allowed to shoot us in the head with a gun. What if it's something defamatory? Well, it's behind the paywall. Oh, so how would true. anyone ever find out? That's true. There's no snitches in the Patreon. That's right. And a thank you to Chris Abnell, Cry Ricky Cry, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Butsy, Chewbacca Snuffleupagus, Dan Carnine, David, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton, Frankie, Horsborough Scoresborough, Jace Felix Farmworth, Jason, Joel Wrigley, John, Kick Souths out of the comp, Kick Wests out of the comp, <laughs> Lachlan Hancock, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Smidmore, happy birthday to Luke, by the way, Luke Ferguson, Maddie Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my ding ding dong is hard, and I'm sad. Still doesn't hit. feel right. Doesn't. Never trendy. Pat McManus, please stop talking about death. <laughs> Ray Stone <laughs> Gossard, <laughs> Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Seymour Butts, Shunter, Simo, Ty, TB, The Black Vegetable, The Not So Mature Age Student, Thor, Tom Hardy, Was, and West Lies Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to everyone in Lower Tears and to everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. I was going to say fine, upstanding people with a great grasp of their own mortality, but please stop talking about death. Is that a new patron? No, it's it just changed his name. Oh, okay. Well, that's the other positive. If you sign up yeah, to the Patreon, too much death chat. My dear friend Bertrand here will. You know, he'll have to read out whatever your Patreon name is. I think they yeah, I've had to say kicks ass out of comic like 40 times. Yeah, I know. God, and I you'll say it 40 more as long as, as, long as they I keep paying you. I think Dean's like, I got you. And I'm like, you're paying me. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't really. Anyway, thank you for listening. We'll be back on Monday. Say goodbye, Campo. Goodbye, Bertrand. And it's goodbye from me.